Sunnable fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sunnables podcast. Today, we are going to be so well-rounded for you guys, kicking this off with basketball, talking about X-Factors for the remainder of the season, as well as the Pac-12 tournament. Then we're going to be talking about ASU versus their big game coming up next season against Oklahoma State. How doomed are they, or do they have a shot? Then we're going to be talking about baseball for the first time this year, giving you guys a very general overview of how the season has gone so far. But that is coming and more. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Connor Drios and Richie Bradshaw, talking to you guys about everything Arizona State, Sun Devils, sports. But really quick, today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Uh, March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a, a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. We also have our Locked On Sun Devils Twitter page. It's at LO underscore Sun Devils. You can also find our content in multiple different platforms, which include audio and a visual. So that could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, uh, or YouTube as well, depending on where you want to get our content. But hit subscribe wherever you're at and never miss an episode when that link drops. You guys are going to be the first to know Locked On Sun Devils has new content for you guys. Now, Richie, let's get into it today. Basketball season's coming to an end, and it's been a very up and down year, right? It, in times, it it felt like I kind of just want this basketball season to end. Like I'm I'm sick of watching this team. They weren't playing games at, for weeks at a time, obviously due to COVID reasons. But they've won five of the last six. Doesn't it make their overall standings on the year incredibly great? But they have two games to finish out, which aren't unwinnable. And then maybe a shot at the Pac-12 tournament. And, and at the end of the day, it's something I touched on on yesterday's podcast. I think at least teams in the Pac-12 view us as dangerous. As we're certainly not the team to beat. We are not the most talented team in the Pac-12, not even close. That being said, I, I think there's at least enough of a spark in this team to be a little bit dangerous once that tournament starts. That being said... I think that's the perfect way to word it. Sorry, finish your thought. Yeah, so so with that, like it's going to take a team to do it, right? We don't have, we don't have one single guy that's going to carry us as a team. So with that, we've, we've talked a lot about Marion Jackson this year. Uh, we've talked a lot, or sorry, uh, DJ Horn this year. As of late, we've talked about Marion Jackson, but who else can we talk about? Like, if there's going to be a third or fourth guy that's going to help get us those wins in the tournament, is there somebody that comes to mind for you as, as that X factor, so to speak? I mean, it's got to be Jay Heath right now. He is seriously heating up so, so much. He's becoming one of our most consistent scorers, if not the most consistent scorer right now. He's got himself all the way up to 10.6 points a game, Connor. And I'm going to do myself a favor and pull up his game log. Please hold. So the last two, he's put up 18 and 20. So that's definitely, definitely yes. playing some hot basketball. So over the last five games, he's had no fewer than eight points. And with the exception of one four-point game against Wazoo, He's got three more double-digit games sprinkled into the last, what's that end up being? Five, six, nine games. So 
Jay Heath has definitely been a very hot shooter for the team. He's been mm-hmm. shooting right in that 50% range too, Connor. And he's good from deep. Right now, Jay Heath has to be the biggest X factor to end the 2021-2022 season for the Sun Devils. If he continues to play as well as he has, there's not a doubt in my mind that, like you said, ASU will be dangerous. This isn't a team that's going to win the tournament. This isn't a team that's probably going to make the NCAA tournament. However, this is a team that no one in the Pac-12 should take lightly right now. They need to seriously take a look at the Sun Devils and realize, hey, these guys are looking to play spoiler. This isn't a Cinderella team, but this is a this is a team that's out to ruin your season. They wanna they wanna rub some dirt in your eye, as a famous bully McGuire would say. Um, wow, I can't believe you just made that reference in the show. We're uh, <laughs> we're recording. Gonna put um, some dirt in your eye. I I don't. Am I supposed to be a professional after that? Because I I don't think you're you're allowed to be after. But uh, regardless, so um, Jay Heath playing very well as of late. Uh, I mean, their only shot at the NCAA tournament at this point is winning the whole thing, right? They they have to win Pretty the tournament. Yeah. Um, but Jay Heath is playing well as of late. Definitely one of those X factors we have to talk about. What about like going back to earlier this year, right? We, maybe halfway, maybe just before halfway, we kind of talked about some uh, uh, participation trophies, to be honest, at that point in the season of guys we would label as uh, maybe best defender, uh, best offensive player, MVP, things like that. You and I had a bit Good of a, a different answer on MVP. Yeah, we mm-hmm. weren't winning basketball games necessarily back then, definitely not against quality opponents, so... They were times that was, that was a thing. There were times, um, but you and I gave two different answers. Your answer for MVP up to that point was DJ Horn. I said, mine was Kamani Lawrence looking at it right now. Neither of those guys are necessarily playing their best basketball. And, and part of like getting to this end of the season and playing well in this tournament for whatever that shot is uh, for the NCAA tournament, it's peaking at the right time, right? Like a lot of uh, the start almost have to align for this team to be able to peak at that right time. But if you get guys like Marion and Jay Heath playing well, we've seen other guys contribute and, and both guys like uh, uh, Jay Heath and Kamani Lawrence have, or not Jay Heath, sorry, uh, DJ Horn and Kamani Lawrence have uh, proved to be uh, good basketball players on this team throughout different points of the season. If you can get either of them back, in my opinion, now you're dangerous. Now you are really dangerous. That does not mean you're going to get four guys putting up 15 plus points for the remainder of the year, right? That's not realistic. But that being said, like, if one of those four guys we're talking about right now has an off night, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the year when it was just kind of DJ Horn and maybe one or two other guys sometimes. If you have several guys that are playing super hot basketball right now, this is the time to do it. Uh, it, it let me let me open it this way. Is there somebody more important, in your opinion, to either Kamani or DJ Horn that they do pick it up at the end of the year? Between those two, those have to be the most important players. You need, mm-hmm. But you need Marion and you need Kamani to continue playing consistent basketball um man off the top of my head i don't know if there's anyone else that i would tell you is like a must play well you want to cons- continue to see jalen graham yeah play Jaylen graham the level would be another that name. he's played at so jalen graham's another guy that i would highlight and mm-hmm. man if you could get anything out of luther muhammad but i just don't feel like you can trust him whatsoever right now and it, yeah, it he, is what it he's is he's had his games yeah, exactly. He's had his games, but uh, um, not not Jay Heath. Who did I just say? Jalen Graham. Thank you, Jalen Graham. Jalen Graham is another guy that if he can continue on the hot streak that he's been on, you're just going to be in that much better a shape 
for the remainder of the season, which could help you win out and make some noise in the tournament, which at this point is a huge win for Arizona State basketball right now to finish 14 and 16 as an overall record. And then if you can win two games in the tournament, I would say that this was a rebound season from what it started as. Yeah, from the start, definitely. It's it's more than likely going to be uh, Bobby Hurley's worst season with ASU. So at the end of the day, we're kind of grasping at something to say this was a positive year in any aspect. But considering the way it started off, I, I at least can, I'll listen to an argument about it. But uh, at the end of the day, for the two players I highlighted between Kamani and DJ Horn, I would only say Kamani because you only have 20 guards you're going to be playing. Right? You're going to rotate uh, Jay, Marion, and Jay Heath. So for as far as guys getting out there and getting their minutes, um, I would like to see Kamani play a little bit better just because at, at the time when I said he was their MVP up to that point, no, he was not the leading scorer, but he was leading them in just about several other statistics, right? Rebounds, assists, uh, either steals or blocks. He was like second or third in some of those. Right. Um, so for a guy that, that contributed in multiple facets of the game, if Kamani can play well uh, as well as some of the other guys in this team right now, they've got a shot, right? It, we We might have a discussion about how, hey, maybe we can win this game. You and I will never have a discussion about how we think this is the most talented team in the Pac-12 because that's not realistic. 100%. So give me – so we, we highlighted like four or five guys, right? Pick one of them. Who is the biggest X factor that needs to just play their absolute best basketball to end the season for the Sun Devils? One player. I would go with Kamani. Uh, they relied on him throughout different points of the year, uh, even though they've won five of six kind of without him playing well, or at least very consistent. Um, it almost kind of shows you maybe how insignificant he can be at times. Uh, but again, like the, the more depth that you give this team and for a guy that's going to do it in multiple areas, I, I would pick Kamani pretty easily. And I would go ahead and pick my new favorite player over the last few weeks. I am going Marion Jackson. I think the role that he's been in, has been absolutely perfect for him to be the sixth man for the team, come off the bench and take more appropriate shots and not taking those hero shots that we were so accustomed to seeing at the beginning of the year. Right now, I feel like he's been your most consistent scorer over the last month and a half, maybe even closer to two months, considering we're at the end of February now. Mm -hmm. Marion has definitely been the guy that feels the most reliable, the most dependable guy, and the guy that I look at and pretty much think, like, what, before I check the box score, like, Marion's going to be the leading scorer. And then I look, and more often than not, he is. So I think that Marion Jackson staying in the groove that he's in would make him the biggest X factor for the Sun Devils basketball team to end the year. But I do hear you on Kamani Lawrence, and that that was my next choice. He was, he would honestly probably 1A, 1B because the Sun Devils team's better when Kamani plays good. Definitely. With that, we'll go ahead and take our first break for this part of the podcast. Uh, next, we're going to be talking about ASU against Oklahoma State for football coming up in months. Why are we talking about that game now? We're at least going to highlight maybe how we think ASU can fare in that game because that is going to be their biggest game of the year. Maybe not so much in terms of overall Pac 12 play. Uh, but as far as games on the schedule, that is going to be, in my opinion, the most exciting game coming up. You're listening to the Locked on Sunables podcast. March Madness is only two weeks away, guys. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you going for the best? We've done our homework here 
and we're running brackets on runyourpool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor and Pick X, both really fun in their own ways. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find on ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take advantage of some of the madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. We are back for the second segment of the Locked On Sunnables podcast. Again, we are free and available on all platforms. Now, Richie, we're going to be talking about football. Again, switching gears, giving everybody the most uh, kind of well-rounded content for today's episode. ASU's got a lot of time and a lot of things to figure out leading up to this game against Oklahoma State. If you had given us last year's roster, even going up against this new roster for Oklahoma State, assuming they potentially take a step back, I still wouldn't feel that well or feel that good about this game per se. But uh, as far as what Oklahoma State is losing, what what big pieces as far as like maybe quarterbacks, uh, position players, uh, leading tacklers, anything like that that you can tell us as far as what they're going to be losing by next season? The absolute biggest thing that they're missing is Tay Martin. Tay Martin, wide receiver for them, eclipsed 1,000 yards last year on 80 catches with 10 touchdowns. Connor, to put it in perspective, quarterback Spencer Sanders only threw 2,800 yards. So Tay Martin, if you don't include uh, Shane Illingsworth or Ethan Bullock's passing yards, which I'm not sure how they factor into all of this, considering they each only played two games. He had almost a third, not almost, over a third of Spencer Sanders receiving yards, depending on what he received from the rest of the offense. Fun fact for anyone who might recognize the name Tay Martin, he was at Washington State for his first three years, but Tay Martin absolutely exploded this year for the for the Cowboys, and they are losing him, which is the biggest hit to their receiving core. They're also losing their leading rusher from last year in Jalen Warden, or Warren, excuse me, who eclipsed 1,200 yards. Defensively, Connor, they just lost their top four tacklers. Malcolm Rodriguez, Tyler Lacey, Devin Harper, and Colby Harville-Peel have all graduated from the program. They are no longer there. So similar to Arizona State, the Cowboys are also going to be dealing with a massive rebuild. They they are losing a lot of pieces, but ultimately, Connor, they still have the most important position. Quarterback Spencer Sanders will be back for them in 2022. Yeah, and if that's the most important piece of the offense, and of course it is, um, they might not necessarily skip a beat per se. ASU is losing a decent amount in the secondary. So while they're, they might be trying to figure out who he's going to be throwing the ball to, we have to figure out who's going to be covering the receivers, right? So even if they have to scramble a little bit on there, and it sounds like we're going to be doing a little bit more on ours. Uh, so not a bad position necessarily to be in for Oklahoma state. 
Now let's maybe head to the defense, uh, unless you had another point there. No, all I was going to add was that Spencer Sanders is their second leading rusher. And after him was not much. So to your point where you were talking about how their sec- the ASU secondary is going to need to figure something out. The one bright side is that front seven, which is a strength for Arizona State going into next year, should be able to contain Oklahoma State inside the trenches. Okay? They, they should be able to shut down any kind of run game that Oklahoma State wants to get going, especially because this is going to happen in week two of the college football regular season. I severely doubt that the Cowboys are going to figure out their run game in the first week of the season. So if there's anything going for the Sun Devils, it's that and the fact that they lost Tay Martin. But we'll see. Go ahead, Connor. You wanted to flip it over to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that. Now ASU is going to have their challenges, kind of figuring out their identity. That's the It's the second game of the season, correct? They have to go correct. to yes. Oklahoma State. We're so. going to Stillwater, yes. Um. So they're not even necessarily going to have a lot of time to figure out what the identity of this team is going to be. We know it's more than likely going to be the run game, but how effective is that run game going to be? Uh, is Ricky Pearsall going to be the the still like the go-to guy with either Paul Tyson or Trenton Bogay? We don't know. Uh, is any of the receiver going to step up, right? That being said, is Oklahoma State losing anything on defense that we might be able to exploit uh, come next season? Yeah, like I said, they are losing their top four leading tacklers from a year ago. This is also a defense, Connor, that didn't force a lot of turnovers. And uh, it looks like three, four, five of their interceptions, if I'm reading this like reading this right, are all gone. So three or five of their seven, eight, nine of, right? Yeah, five of their nine interceptions are gone. So that's really good news for the Sun Devils is that a defense that didn't necessarily make a lot of turnovers is gone out the window. If there was one thing they did right though, it was rush the passer. The good news is again, they lost a lot of their top tier pass rushers, but there is a kid by the name of Colin Oliver. He was a true freshman last year. He sits at six foot two, 225 pounds. That's what he played at as a freshman. There's a very good chance he added some bolt. And if he did, that's really bad news for Arizona state Connor, because you just lost your left tackle, Kellen Deesh. And this kid, as a true freshman, had 10 and a half sacks, plus 15 and a half tackles for loss. So if there's one dude who's going to be disruptive and is what we would call a game wrecker, it definitely would be Colin Oliver. They also have returning safety and defensive back Jason Taylor II. I do not know if he is related to Miami Dolphins legend Jason Taylor, but he's coming off a year. He had 48 tackles, two and a half sacks, two picks and a forced fumble. So he is definitely a playmaker in that secondary for them, and he's likely going to be one of the two most important defensive players for the Cowboys next year. These are both guys that Arizona State is going to have to find a way to minimize what they do because this kid, Colin Oliver, seems like an absolute monster, and Jason Taylor is the playmaker on this defense. So if they can find a way to expose the other nine players on the defense – then that's great because I don't feel good about these two. Yeah, you, you talk about highlighting that pass rush, which I want to go back to for just a second. We have a kind of a, a potentially patchwork offensive line. I, I just when you for lose sorry. guys like Kellen Deesh and Donovan West and other guys are switching positions, like it, it could it could come together. It could gel. We just we don't know that, right? And I feel very confident in saying that losing some of our more talented players certainly not going to be a good thing for us. And if you have a guy like Paul Tyson there with his cement shoes. 
not going to be able to step up and avoid the rush necessarily. Uh, so that that will definitely be kind of a, an interesting part of the game to watch. Uh, now let's let's at least talk about how, how do we feel like ASU is going to fare in this game? Do we think it's going to be a blowout? Do we think they have any sort of a shot? Uh, do we think it'll be like somewhat competitive and then maybe Oklahoma State just pulls away? Richie, general thoughts on that? Well, we will have to have a conversation with our good friend over at the Locked On is it Locked On Pokes podcast? Something like that. I can't I, I can't remember so. her name off the top of my head, but she is super duper smart. Here we go. Uh Linda Lyons over at Locked On Pokes. We're going to have to have a conversation with her over the summer if not just for the game for her to break down this Oklahoma State team because just like the Sun Devils they are losing a lot your top four leading tacklers, your top rusher, your top receiver. That's a lot for any team to take advantage of. And we got to remember, this is an Oklahoma State team, Connor, that was this close to making the playoff with a 12-2 and record. So I would be surprised if they don't have the guys and the depth to immediately just make their run and get back into the swing of things right now. But at the same time, losing that much there is going to be regression. So again, factoring everything, this isn't a total wash for Arizona State on paper, right? It's not completely out of the window for the Sun Devils to go to Stillwater and pull out a a win. However, A, you will be the underdogs 100% because not only are the Cowboys a very good quality team, they have been coached by Mike Gundy, a very underrated college football head coach, for the last 18 years. And the Cowboys have a very good home field advantage. So you're going in there as the underdogs, first of all. But I like the thought that this front seven will have a good opportunity to completely take away one side of the football for the offense and hopefully limit what Spencer Sanders can do as a passer. Unfortunately, he is a mobile quarterback and we struggled mightily against mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, my Gundy was about seven years old when I got hired, so <laughs> he's, yeah, uh, he's been around. Right. He's been around a while, so uh, that'll go ahead and do it, uh, at least for this part of the podcast. We'll talk about this game upcoming in much, much more depth as we get closer to it, but uh, again, it's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, this is going to be a big one for uh, ASU to be able to highlight throughout the year. If early on in the season, uh, again, I said that they're not going to be able to potentially uh, figure out their identity. If they were, were able to find a way to pull off that win, Maybe that serves them much better on throughout the rest of the season. So with that, we're going to go ahead and talk about some baseball for the first time this year. You're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where to find the next fired head coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and BetOnline, where the game starts. We are back for the third part of today's Locked On Sentinels podcast, talking to you about a little bit of baseball. So Richie, baseball has uh, gone through just a couple series so far this year with new uh, skipper Willie Bloomquist, former Sun Devils player, former Diamondbacks player, uh, is now at the helm. Now, when this move was announced, 
in my opinion, it kind of gave the, the fan base a little bit of something to cheer about. Now, obviously, they have not gotten off to the right start. They're sitting at three and four in the year, uh, when and they've lost three their last three games when they got swept by BYU. But very early on in the season, right? Like they're only sitting at uh, they're essentially sitting at last place in the Pac-12 so far, but they haven't started Pac-12 play, and that's going to obviously be the most important thing. Uh, so with that, uh, we're going to be talking about baseball a little bit more throughout this year as well. Fridays, we're going to be talking about kind of what's happened throughout the week, uh, anything that we need to highlight. Uh, so we'll be talking about baseball a little bit more weekly uh, as we go through this. Now, the team, uh, e- even though they have not played uh, necessarily overall well in each game, again, as I said, losing three of their uh, all three of their last games, uh, their first essentially series against Dixie State, uh, they took that series two to one. One of those games, they won 17 to eight. So not a lot of pitching so far there. Then they beat Nevada three to one, and then they got swept by BYU. Richie, they had their last game. They lost to BYU nineteen to three. Is that 19 a lot? To three uh, in in uh, football, not necessarily. In uh, basketball, it's certainly not a lot. In baseball, yeah, that's that's a lot. So uh, getting absolutely embarrassed. It'll it'll be interesting to see how they can rebound. Ironically, against Oklahoma State, they get them on both hey. March first and March second. Um, so we'll see if ASU is able to pull it out. Uh, Oklahoma State's a very quality uh, baseball team, uh, but we'll see what ASU could do, right? If they're hitting some of their, uh, if they're kind of skidding early on this season, that's okay. But Willie's got to find a way to, to kind of galvanize this team moving forward so they're not uh, hitting each of these series, kind of getting uh, either, in this case, in two-game series, taking one-on-one. It would be really nice to get back for 500 and sweep Oklahoma State. Yeah, so I think when we were coming into this year, we had to set our expectations a little lower because you had – you had a new manager and you lost a lot. We were talking about this off mic before the podcast. We lost at least three guys to the draft by itself, let alone graduates and everything like that, which included the number one pick, Spencer Torkelson. So you lose guys like that and it's going to be hard for any team to rebound, let's be honest. But for for the baseball team, we'll see. I mean – Starting the year three and four isn't exactly ideal, especially when in a series against BYU, you drop three straight, including, as you mentioned, that 19 to three final score. But this isn't a terrible team overall. You've got, uh, let me see. You've got a handful of guys. Like you got, uh, you got several guys that are playing okay. Now when I say okay, in terms of college rankings, right? Like when you look at the pros, like, those numbers aren't the same, right? right. So some players are, are doing very well overall. They got five guys hitting at least 280. Uh, but overall, like one of those guys like uh, Jacob Tobias, only his OPS is uh, 0.729. Nothing very impressive there, even though he's hitting 286. Uh, now you have guys like uh, Connor Davis, who's been their best offensive player so far this year. Now he's only got 22 at-bats compared uh, to Tobias or uh, Lamp, who have 30, or I should say, uh, just Lamp has 31 at-bats. Um but Davis so far is hitting 455 this year with uh, just a little bit over a 1.3 OPS, which is absolutely phenomenal. He's got two home runs in this year, uh, this season, uh, and is tied for the team lead, uh, or sorry, second in RBIs with five. So uh, again, very early on this year, a lot of the numbers are inflated too, right? Like uh, I guarantee you a lot of these guys, they're not going to hit what they are right now. Uh, Davis is not going to hit 455 at the end of the year. So Things kind of got to get settled into place, and, and that's that's kind of how baseball seasons go. Whether you're talking about pro or college, 
right? Like some of their other guys that are hitting 200 or below, they're not necessarily going to stay there. It's just they've only played seven games so far. So whether the numbers are good and bad, they're just, they're inflated either way. Yeah, 100%. But I mean, this is a team that's hitting pretty dang well. When you look at your top six hitters, three of them are batting over a thousand and the and uh a fourth guy with uh Sean McLean uh, not not batting their their OPS excuse me his OPS is 855 so these guys are hitting well they're all batting pretty solid for the most part the pitching hasn't been all that bad either Tyler Myers pitched 7.2 innings he's got a 1.17 ERA Adam Tolick has pitched 11 innings with a 1.64 ERA and uh, Kyle Luckham has a 2.89 ERA on 9.1 innings pitched. So those are your three leading pitchers as far as innings pitched. And all of them have ERAs under three with two of them under two. So you've got, you've got a solid team, Connor. It, it's, not, it's not like this is a baseball team that's completely rebuilding. There was just a lot of question marks going into the year. And so far, like you said, it's really early on. These states are or stats are inflated, especially when you consider where we lost a game 19 to 3. We also won a game uh 17 to 8 against Dixie State. So we also have ourselves a game where we were able to really pump up those numbers and and get the statistics looking really good. But we'll see. I mean, I feel like this is gonna be a very fun game to watch. You're going to a game tomorrow night, actually. So you'll be able to see them live, and we will have a recap for you, of course, from a live source in Connor Drios. But we'll see, man. I feel like this is going to be a very fun, probably an up-and-down season. We'll see. Yeah, so far their offense, as you had mentioned, was doing very well to start the year. Their pitching has, as a whole, been just as bad. But baseball in college works a little bit differently than uh, the pros, right, where a lot of guys – and professional baseball have a, a five-man rotation. A lot of college teams go to that three-man rotation, right? They generally play those uh, two, three games against an opponent, maybe have a day off, and a lot of these guys are still pitching every uh, five days or so. Uh, but it, if your starters are doing okay, it seems like the bullpen might be giving up a little bit more uh, than they would like, clearly. Uh, yeah, the bullpen's so getting lit up. Their, their ERA is sitting at a 5.63 as a whole, but uh, again, it, maybe it's more so the bullpen than the starter so far, but We'll talk about that in a little bit more depth. We'll, we'll definitely kind of talk uh, about the game against Oklahoma State that uh, I will be attending. So, uh, and again, uh, end of the week, so we're going to be talking about baseball, kind of wrapping everything that's happened throughout the week, kind of monitoring Willie Bloomquist and company throughout this season. So, yeah, that'll go so ahead. And any any of our baseball fans, just make sure you turn in, if for no other episode than that Friday episode. Well, what are they going to do? Are they going to watch professional baseball? They don't have that option. Literally no. Literally so you might as well not. watch a little bit of uh, college baseball, get your fix. And if you like ASU, we'll kind of be knocking out two birds with one stone. So uh, that'll go ahead and do it for us on today's podcast. Uh, thank you so much again for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, again, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios. You can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z 36. We have our Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page. It's at LO underscore Sun Devils. Then we have content that comes out Monday through Friday for you guys. If you hit that subscribe button, you are going to be the first person that is going to see that notification. Woo! Locked on Sunnivals has new content for you guys. And you can find us in multiple different types of platforms. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, uh, and as well as YouTube in terms of a visual platform as well. Uh, so make sure to tune in again Monday through Friday for those and never miss an episode. 
Now make your second listen of the day, Locked on NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils, uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 